0: Hello sports fans and welcome to the 7th episode of Pub Talk Rugby League, a podcast where old mates from high school meet up and talk about rugby league. My name is Adam and I know very little about football, so I am joined, like always, with my panel of armchair experts, Smokes.
1: Yay, good to be back again.
0: And the Phantom. I'm
2: glad to see you've been practising your intro.
1: He's getting good at the intro, isn't he? Much more impressive.
0: enthusiastic. The principal is... Stuck behind schoolwork, so he will not be joining us today, um, but that's okay.
1: The principal is holding some students back in detention, so he won't be joining us. It's okay. He's he's given me
2: the hall pass to talk about the Canberra game on his behalf.
1: He has also sent me details, massive details, about the Durgan Report. It's huge this week.
0: All right. It's going to be huge. So, let's crack our beers. Cheers. I've run out of beer. There we go. Uh, and... Get into it. Wait, well, I got one here for you, but I'm three hours away, so you know. You have to drink uh, all it for right, him. Last round, I watched. Yeah, I watched the Anzac Day match between the Roosters and the Dragons. Mm-mm. I am sad that the Dragons lost, but I'm happy that the Roosters, <laughs> which is the team I tipped, won.
1: Yeah, look, it was. Um, you know, it's it's a great it's a great match in the calendar, isn't it? The Anzac Day clash. And last year they couldn't do it because of because of COVID and the, the break. But um, I think last year they held on. Uh, they held on another significant day for, for wartime, I can't remember. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's always a good traditional clash. So I do love um, sitting down and watching that I one. I think it's
2: one of the better rounds of the year. They just seem to, the NRL seems to have a really good idea of how to actually manage it and, you know, it really highlight everything around Anzac Day and that whole weekend. I think they've really mastered the art on it.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's very respectful every round. So they, they do a great job with it.
0: Yep, agree. Alright, uh, so Smokes. apart from that game, did you watch any other games?
1: Uh, sadly, I watched the Friday night game between the Eels and the Broncos. That was a good waste of two hours of my life. Um, beyond that, I obviously saw a, a bits of... I didn't see all the Roosters-Dragons, but I saw enough of it. And, um, and I also saw um, a good chunk of the titans Rabbitohs game, which was quite an exciting game of footy, so that was, that was very enjoyable.
2: The only game I didn't see this weekend was right, the, well, uh, the Warriors in Melbourne.
1: Yeah, and apparently that wasn't too bad a game. I know it was a bit of a gap in the end, but, um, you know, there's a lot of points in it, so uh, it would have been exciting to watch. All
0: right. Uh, let's get into it in a little bit more detail. So, Phantom, uh, Panthers versus Knights. I'm getting frustrated because
2: the Panthers are really f***ing my like tips because they're due for a loss, <laughs> and I keep I keep tipping against them, and they just think they, they've they got to lose sometime soon, but... I thought the Knights would have played better, but they they started off strong, so this is my bits are tipping round as well, and it was looking okay for probably the first yeah. sixty minutes, and yeah Panthers got away with it.
0: We all tipped against you
1: <laughs> yeah, well that's it yeah, we all went the panthers look it, it was a pretty close game, as you said, for about sixty minutes or so and and it looked like the knights might be able to steal it they They played like a really rushing defense style of game, like they um they really unsettled Penrith, but eventually. Penrith got over the top of them and, and I think they ended up winning by about 14 or 16 points or something like that. So it was a pretty decent win in the end.
2: You got to, I, I do think that Panthers are going to run out of energy after a while. So this isn't just, you know, they're having a belter of a season. They're, they had a really good season last year and it's going to catch up with them. Like these back-to-back seasons of really high performances... The Roosters have shown it over the couple of years that you can't maintain it forever. So eventually, you know, at what point are they going to go downhill?
1: Well, this is the first time this is the first time they're going to have to deal with Origin because they didn't have to deal with that last year because Origin was obviously put to the back end of the year, so they have to deal with that this year. So that could be a real test to see what they're made of.
0: Smokes, Titan versus Rabbitohs.
1: Yeah, look, this was a um, this was a very um, exciting game of footy to watch. I mean, there were 70 points in total. Um... The first half was all about David Fafita. He was in beast mode, which was giving me bad nightmares and headaches and heart palpitations because I'm thinking, why isn't that bloke doing that for us? His his first two tries in particular, I mean, his first one was quite powerful. Because you didn't re-sign him. His first one was really powerful. I'm just going to ignore that. Um, his first try was quite powerful and great referral by the the, the Titans. They used their, um, their captain's challenge and, and got the decision overturned to get the try. And then his second try was just... I think he, he carried about seven blokes over the line. It was just um... God. You want to get a wet sponge? Well, you you, you go from um, you go from what the first half with this young beast in David and Feeder, and the second half was all about the 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 old master um, uh, Benji Marshall. He was unbelievable. The, the, he scored a couple of tries, set up a couple of absolute rippers. Um, the 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 flick pass was a little bit of memories to the two thousand five grand final. I, I'm calling it now. He is the um, the buy of the season. Uh, Bennett's using him perfectly. He is the super sub. I mean, he brings him on whenever they're in trouble. I
2: don't think he can declare the buy of the season at round seven. Well,
1: I'm making the prediction that he will be the buy of the season.
0: Smokes eels versus Broncos. Your uh, famous Broncos uh, lost another round. Brisbane, Brisbane, <laughs> Brisbane. Brisbane.
1: Yeah. Horrible. <laughs> they, they, they they showed so much promise the week them. before. Yeah, I
2: know, but they're still horrible. <laughs>
1: they showed so much promise the week before against Penrith and put up such a great effort. Uh, hold
2: on. The, the, fact, the fact that I tipped them is just a clear indication to how bad they are.
1: Yeah, exactly, you tip all the, all the roughies. True, true, true. Um, but, yeah, you know, they, they showed so much promise the week before. Um, and then, again, they've done this on about four or five occasions this year. After 30 minutes, they're either level... Or within a try of their of their opposition, they've played some pretty damn good teams this year. And then what happens? They take uh, Paynehouse and Matt Lodge off the field, and then they just completely fall to sh*t. And over the next twenty twenty five minutes, while they're off, um, Parramatta put on about thirty points. And by the time they bring those two back on, I said, like, "Well, the damage is done."
2: I think they are busted this year. I actually think, not to make you feel worse than what you do, I think they're going
1: they're going to get worse. Before they get better. Uh, yeah, well, who, who honestly, who knows?
0: I, I honestly no, 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 don't
1: know what to think. Yeah, look, they're, they're definitely in contention for that, that bottom four, possibly even bottom two, the way they're going. Yeah, so... Well, they're
0: in the bottom two now, aren't they?
1: They are. They are. Look, they've had an extremely tough draw, but the fact is, well, when you finish last the season before, technically everyone's finishing above you, and, and every game's a tough one, isn't it?
0: Well, to prove that you're not completely useless at tipping Phantom... You did get the Bulldogs against the Sharks, so points for that one. Yeah, I
2: did. But um, I am a little bit upset by this, though, because, you know, all we've been seeing is my mate Trent Barrett losing continually. So all of a sudden, he's starting to lose the appeal. You know, the households, you know, they're not that thrilled by him. And all of a sudden, they win. He's crying on the sideline. He's fist-pumping. He's smiling again. Those baby blues are up on the screen. His teeth are out. And all of a sudden, Trent Barrett is straight up on the top of the pecking order again. But I told you they were going to win. I reckon the Sharks are another team that's going to be busted. I think that the Bulldogs, they're not going to win, I don't think, this week. But I think that you're going to start to see big improvement. They've had the taste of winning and they—you know it's from effort. And I think that you're going to see a bit of a different team coming into the second half of the year.
0: Well, this is their first win, isn't it?
2: Yep.
1: Yeah, it was, it was their first win of the year, and the thing with the dogs is they always, um, they're always putting in a hundred percent effort. There, there's no like they don't lose games off the back of poor effort. They they lose their games because they just don't have the talent that every other team in the competition has. But because they play with that effort, it means. They come up against a team who's a little bit off their game, and a little bit ill-disciplined, they can knock them off because they're always busting the gut.
0: Cowboys versus Raiders. Phantom, again, you pick this against everyone else's better judgment.
1: Oh, jeez. Here we go.
2: This is just what happens when your team reads their own hype and your coach shields you from the truth. So Ricky's been protecting them, he's put them in the bubble and they're not aware of what's going on. He, all he does is keep playing the 2019 season up until the grand final, back to them, convincing them that they're a good team and they are busted. So the Cowboys, look, Cowboys, they, they played around. Valentine's Homes played like an absolute machine. Look, Canberra, I I know we'll talk about it later on. I can't see them having a really good season. Um, and I think Cowboys play good. Raiders, I actually do think they were a little bit robbed with that last try. I think they had a couple of calls go against them, which they didn't deserve. But it's um, yeah, not. But good you signs. but you enjoyed it anyway. Oh. Look, I enjoyed it because I tipped the Cowboys.
0: Yeah, I did like that. The principal said thirty plus, and he lost by two points. Oh so. yeah, jeez, uh-huh.
1: he's lost. Um, he's lost some beers this round, poor old, uh, poor old principal.
0: He has lost some beers. We'll get to that later. Oh, I, I
2: tell you what, Jared, Jared Croker had a horrible game. He's horrible.
1: starting to maybe show his age a bit. I think. I think he's.
0: I think we were saying that last week as well. Even principal was saying that. Well, Ricky, Ricky ushered in the changes
1: for that for that match. He, he made a lot of changes, dropped some guys to the bench, dropped some guys from the team altogether. And, you know, up until about a minute before half time, it looked like it was working. They're up 24 to 6. Uh, they conceded one right on half time, and that seemed to just spur the Cowboys on, didn't it? Um, look, they got very, very fortunate with the, the try that levelled the match up because. God, he was offside. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've met one person, I've spoken to one person who thinks he was onside. Even I uh, think he but, was offside. Well, that's it. But, but you're up twenty-four to six. It shouldn't matter. Yeah, it shouldn't be if in you that can position. See one like that.
0: I'm taking that, that nobody wants to talk about the West Tigers versus sea Eagles.
2: Well, the Sea Eagles didn't win. Tom Draboyevich did.
0: Yeah, it's it's another case of um, turbo, isn't it? But
1: so uh, at daily Cherry Evans had a, a ripper of a game. so I think he scored a couple of tries, set up two or three. Uh, kick the swag of goals. I think he's um he's hitting form at the right time of year, so I'm happy with that.
0: Phantom, Roosters versus Dragons, the uh, Anzac Day class.
2: The first five minutes of this game, I thought it was going to be fing horrible. It was like zero completed sets out of like the five sets between them. We missed the penalty goal in front. Wasn't
0: there a mistake in the first minute or something? Yeah,
2: it was just knock on score. It was looking to be a horrible match, but it became. From a rooster side of it, it was great to see because we, you know, had a player sent off. Although Dragons had a player sent off as well, we lost um, Tedesco. Walker played really well. It, as a fan, it's good to see some other guys aside from Tedesco really start to step up and and shine. And I think the the Dragons are a bit lost without Ben Hunt. Um, I think Pereira has rocks in his head, and yeah, I'm, I think the, the Dragons will come okay but yeah i think they showed that they're not perfect and probably not deserving of some of the hype that they've been receiving
1: pretty good summation i think um look the, the dragons i think that was um that was a good that was a good match for them to see where they really do stand because yes they've had some good wins they've started the season pretty well but that was a good bit of a reality check to let them know hey we still got a lot of work to do before we can compete with with the top teams <laughs> um, so yeah uh, I think I think you're right if they get Ben hunt back in that side that's going to improve them um, without doubt um god the um there was a bit of um biff in this game too wasn't there with um Tedesco getting taken out with that um oh, with yeah. that high shot. That was Jeez, I mean he was only sinbind as well, should it have been a send off. And yeah. did you guys use the um the eighteenth man replacement because of that? Yeah, we did. Because I think he, I don't think he came back on, yeah, did he? We so Hicka Valo's so, on. Yeah. Um but look and yeah, which is good you had that, but let's face it, is not gonna play fullback, is he? So Ooh. you had to reshuffle a bit. Trent Robinson put it like it
2: should have been a sent off because it wasn't just like a an accidental swinging arm. He had a swinging arm with a closed fist, so there was never any intention to wrap around.
1: You know, there was, there was just a period in that game where the Roosters sort of um, but, you know, burst away from them, but for about 50 minutes of that match, it was a pretty tight contest. It was like the middle 30 minutes, the Roosters sort of took control of the match and, and, and sort of ran away with it a bit. Um, but yeah, the Dragons, a bit of work to do yet, so...
0: Smokes, Storm versus Warriors.
1: Look, I guess for, look, the Storm just, just continue to roll on. That's what they do. They're a very professional team. I think the scoreline, I think the Warriors got a couple of late tries which sort of even the score up a bit. So I don't think the Storm were ever in any real danger. Um, I guess for me, as a, again, as a Broncos fan, a bit disappointing that uh, a young fellow that the Warriors signed from us this year named Reese Walsh. Uh, He played fullback. He played his debut for the Warriors. He set up a couple of tries and looked very, very comfortable in that position. So, again, question marks on our recruitment, letting that one slip through the net.
0: Phantom, you got a bismal three out of eight. Uh, Your wild tips just did not help you today. I didn't do much better. Uh, Smokes, you're on four out of eight. Yeah. Uh, Principal and I both got six out of eight. I think we basically tipped the exact same teams moving on to news headlines. And I thought this was an interesting article that I couldn't believe that I was reading it, to be honest. Uh, the NRL's bold plan to split competition to two conferences as part of an expansion push. I've read through this and I'm like, there's no way this is going to work.
2: I respect and like the way that the NRL's thinking where they're putting different ideas forward and they're kind of showing that they do have a long-term plan. Like, I don't think it's if it was to happen it would be so far away but like we you'd need to spread the teams out there's too many teams in Sydney you need more teams in the other major cities you need to conquer one competition within all the major cities and but you know I like the fact that the NRL is talking about it and they're openly talking about it because it creates good conversation and yeah it just shows that they're not being as conservative or pussyfooting like they have been in the past. But it, like I don't, I, don't, I don't think this type of thing would work. We're not big enough for it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it was uh, definitely an interesting article to read. Um, and look, um, you know, basically what they're proposing is that they would add two teams to the competition. So there's 18 teams. The, the two new teams would be a second Brisbane team and a second New Zealand team. And then you'd have your two conferences. You'd have your Sydney conference, so the nine current Sydney teams. And then you'd have the nine non-Sydney teams in the other conference. The way the competition would work is um, if within your own conference, conference, you'd play every team twice. So that means you're having 16 matches, like home and away season in your own conference. And you play everyone from the other conference once each. So it's a 25-round season. I guess the, you know... The, the, the reason they're, they're, they're thinking about this is because, in especially in New South Wales, there's such tribalism between between rivalry clubs like Roosters versus South Sydney, for example. They should absolutely play each other twice a year. And they do every year anyway. But it's also making sure that West Tigers play Parramatta twice a year and Manly play Cronulla twice, or, or St George play Cronulla twice a year. like Making sure those rivalry games happen.
2: Sometimes those rivalry games are good just to have them once a year.
1: I think the thought process behind it is that if you've got them playing home and away every year, that's going to maximize crowds. Because that that's they're the games you think of you think of the, and I think Wayne Bennett mentioned it in the article when he was t- spoken about it. He said when you think of the final series every year, the games that have drawn the biggest crowds are when you've got two Sydney rivals up against each other. So, I remember back, I think it was back in 2009 when Parramatta made that run to the Grand Final. And in the preliminary final, they played the Bulldogs. And they are two traditional rivals um, with that hatred going back to the 80s. And they got like 80,000 people. it's so that, like, that never, that never happens for a semi-finals unless you get the two rivalry teams. I guess where, where the, the problems could arise is when, when, once the season's all played out, what does the final series look like? Do you have the, the top four from each conference play off against each other and the, the winners of each conference plays each other in the grand final? Or do you... Do you cross them over so that they're all playing each other in a final series? It'll be interesting. Look, I think if it's something that happens, it's still a few years off because they've got to wait until there's two new teams established and probably played a couple of seasons before they can do it. But it's an interesting idea, and as you said, it creates some discussion. So. Um yeah, it'll be interesting if they, I mean, it works in the NFL, obviously, over in America, um, but yeah, they've but always done the conferences. How system. many
2: teams have they got, and how many supporters do they have? It's just oh,
1: look, exactly. And, and, and they've, they've been doing it for so long, and there's so much history behind it, so obviously it's very different. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting concept anyway, so it'll be interesting to see if it goes any further.
0: Yeah, I thought it was interesting that there would always be a Sydney team in the grand final, if this two-conference system was to work.
1: Yeah, if they go by the um, the winner of each conference plays each other in a grand final, then yes. But I guess the drawback to that, if they do it that way, you'll never have a, like a Bulldogs versus Parramatta grand final. You'll never have two Sydney teams in a grand final or you never have two Queensland teams in a grand final.
2: You also run the risk of not having the two top teams mm. in the competition in the grand final.
1: Yeah, and that's why I think if they were to do it, once it gets to the finals, they really need to maybe get the top four teams from each conference play in a combined final series that way you can have any combination still I think that's the part that will be the, the toughest bit to work out how that how that you know because what if you have a conference where the top six teams in the conference happen to have scored more competition points than the top four teams from the other conferences mm-hmm. it's still just the top four from each conference goes through and and what if so, like some years it also means that the Sydney division is going to be a stronger division because they've got better players and other other times in history, the the non-Sydney teams are going to be the dominant. So
0: It will be very interesting to see what happens. hmm. Um, And the other thing that I thought was interesting was this three, they said basically there'll be three grand finals. It'll be like from Conference A's, top two teams, Conference B's, top two teams, and then the top from each of those.
1: That's very similar to the NFL where you've got the, the AFC champions, the NFC championship matches, and then the winners of those play in the Super Bowl. So very similar concept there.
0: Next article, uh, Red Hill Rebuild, Brisbane Eyes Stunning Double Raid for Moses and Ponga.
2: Broncos aren't in a rebuild. They've been saying it for years. We're not rebuilding. We just suck.
1: It's hard to rebuild if it's just f***ing rubble. It's time to clear out and just bring in new bricks and mortar and everything. It's not a rebuild, it's a clean out, it's a demolition. Total new building,
2: mate. I never thought I would ever say this. As much as I've enjoyed watching the Broncos lose and just be downright horrible, the competition does need a strong Queensland team. And even though the Titans are going better, we don't have that at the moment.
1: No, we don't. And that, that is. A, and you're right, because the, you know, the, the competition is, is going great and all of that. But the fact is, it is stronger when you've got the Broncos firing because then you've got, again, you've got the Sydney versus... Brisbane rivalry when it comes to the big matches. We were just talking about how, having the local rivalries, but having the the state rivalry outside of state of origin is also a, a very huge thing. I mean, um, I mean, I, I think back to two thousand fifteen, the year the Broncos won the, the uh, made it to the grand final. Um, we played the Roosters twice during the season. Now, I think oh, I think one of the games went to golden point. The other one was a two point ball game. They were both amazing matches, and they both finished I think first and second on the ladder. That's because, you know, your two strongest teams during the during the regular season was a Sydney-based team and a Brisbane-based team. In terms of the rebuild, I mean, the, the article's talking about, oh, God, we've been linked to about 53 different players in the last seven days, so... Why would you have, Like, Moses isn't
2: bad, but f*** me. Why wouldn't you sign Reynolds?
1: Oh, I agree. Reynolds should be number one target, but from the looks of it, and I think, you know, this could be something we discuss later, is that... Um, uh, the the sharks have gone all in on him they they've got i think they've offered him a 3 year deal worth 800 grand a, a year um and i th- i think reynolds preference is to stay in sydney so if brisbane were going to get him they'd have to up that offer by quite a substantial amount
2: i don't get why brisbane have such this big gaping hole around halves and have for the last few years and haven't been able to fix it and even to the fact that you know i understand that they let Dearden go and you don't know what's going on behind closed doors like maybe sucks at training or something but you know to let Walker go and you know that's you know I am biased but that just seems ludicrous and then they've just got no one to replace you know Milford and Croft who at the moment are playing
1: the thing we did, and look I'm not actually too disappointed to see him go um look he could prove me wrong but because he's, a he's been in the... <laughs> no no I love the redheads mate fatty vaughton great queenslander <laughs>
2: All the f***ing examples you could have picked.
1: The thing is, the thing is, Deaden has been halfback at that side for long enough now. He's yet to have a victory as halfback. Now I know the Broncos are struggling as a side, but by now he should have taken some sort of control and he hasn't. So I tend to think that the Broncos were not. They decided, well, this isn't our guy, and that's why they didn't really have a problem with him going. Um, and as you point out, I mean. We backed the wrong horse anyway, I think, because Sam Walker has gone to that. And I know the Roosters' system is more stable at the moment. But the fact is he's gone in there with no established halves partner because kiri is out injured. And he comes in in his four games. He's won three of them. He's base, he is not afraid. As an 18-year-old, he is not afraid to say to these seasoned veterans, these seasoned premiership-winning veterans in the Roosters' side, I am in control of this team. I will lead us. You follow me. And he's doing it really well. And in a couple of those games, he pulled the Roosters out of the Yeah. Like, you guys were in tough positions against the Warriors. That was a really tight game in his debut game. And against the Sharks, you were down by 14 points with, like, almost no time left. He pulled you guys out of both those games. That's
2: He won us that game. Oh,
1: he absolutely did. And those spiral passes, mate. And, look, I'm not one who likes to do this too much because I don't like all this pressure being heaped on young boys. But that reminds me of the sort of. That Joey Johns and Darren Lockyer and guys like that used to do those spiral passes that just hit you on the chest. You think, oh my god, what are they doing with that pass? But it just lands on the mark every time. Um, the guy, the guy's got some some damn good skills. So in terms of the rebuild, as I said, they're, they're throwing every name there. I think I think the last seven days I've heard Adam Reynolds, Sean Johnson, uh, Mitchell Moses, Kalen Ponga. Um, there's two or three others that I've heard. It's like oh. just pick one. I don't know, but look, to be honest, any of them would be better than than what's going on at the moment. What we need is we need an established half, someone who is established and can at least take some sort of control. Because the fact is, we've we've got a lot of. There are there are some good parts to that team. You've got guys like our front row are great. You know, I think we've got a couple of decent back rowers coming through the system, and we've got a couple of really good centers in Herbie Farmworth and and um, Katoni Stags. If we resign him, probably won't. We just needs. Need someone who knows how to control them, who just knows how to to say, "Look, follow me, guys. You follow me, and I'll lead you. To, I'll lead you to the Holy Grail, sort of thing." You know. Should send him your resume. That's oh, mate. Well, you know, Alfie should get back on the field. He's on the field more than most of the players in the team are, anyway. He might as well just start catching the ball and distributing it again.
0: Uh, the Raiders have turned from contenders into pretenders. I wish Principal was here.
2: Out of all the weeks, he couldn't be here. Like the thing is, though i've you know, I've said this for years I don't see what everyone else sees in the Raiders there's you know when they're having a good game they are great but there's nothing i don't know there's nothing striking about them. I think you know papali's really faded off and he's does have the impact of what he had you know white and starting to plateau a bit Hodgson I don't know what he's doing faking injuries there's there's nothing <laughs> And I'm not just saying it because I like to dig into the Raiders. Nothing has ever stood out to me to why everyone thinks this team is as good as what they are. Now, they had a very good season in 19. They came close to winning the comp. I'm not saying they're a bad team. But it's like everyone's just sitting around waiting for them to win a comp. And I think that that time's passed. I think 19 was their best chance. They didn't get it maybe last year, but then they faded away and I just think it's going to go a little bit further down. I honestly think that the Raiders are at a point where they're going to start trying a couple of different things to try and recorrect themselves and it's not really going to work. You know, they're dropping players, they're pretending players are injured, they're sending Papali away to do some soul-searching so he can come back. You know, Ricky's got the... At one moment, he's shielding them all, saying it's the most heartfelt, courageous team he's ever witnessed and then the next week he's saying that there's only a couple of players there that actually want to play NRL the rest of dog shit. they seem very messy at the moment i think that they're, they're just looking at the guy next to them waiting for them to fix it and i i can't see them actually having a good season
1: yeah i mean it's it's look i i think they're still a top 8 team i'll be honest but but i think there's two major things that are, that are hitting them at the moment one is they are really missing John Bateman. I don't know if they realized how much that that him going back to the UK was going to hurt them because he he did so much work for them defensively and he also had he had some really good ball skills as well. So he was a strong runner. They miss him a lot. And I think the guys they brought in, uh, I think they brought in the 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 back row from the Dogs, Harawir and Ira. Um, I thought they thought he was going to come in and, and be able to fill his his boots, but he just hasn't. The other thing too is, um, look, they haven't won a game since their their fullback got KO'd against Penrith, and he hasn't been back on the field since. Charns, Nickel clogs and he is a he is a good player. So that having him not there doesn't help them in terms of being able to organise their defensive patterns and because that's such a major thing for a fullback is to to be able to spot the holes in the fence and tell guys where to go. Um, Manly. So it makes a big difference.
2: Manly, case in mm. point.
1: Oh, exactly right. I mean, you, you, take, you put Turbo back in, in Manly's side, they've racked up about 80 points and only conceded about 10 or something like that. So
2: You know what's throwing me most about the Raiders at the moment is that they've actually figured out how to pronounce some of their names. So Papali has gone to Papali.
0: Papalia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great. Just when you learn them, they change them on you. But you're you're going to struggle then, mate.
2: <laughs> yeah, they go... The, he, Papa Lee with the ball,
1: but yeah, look, um, look, and a guy like that's a good example too. I mean, he's not in good form at the moment, and he was such a huge part of their success last year. So he was the team um, last year. <clears throat> oh, he 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 led that forward pack, and look, if he gets back to that form, which he's absolutely capable of doing. Um, that that does fix quite a few things for them. You know, and look, the first half last week, they got a lot right. But then for whatever reason, I guess because losing becomes a habit just as much as winning does, so they just sort of, they fell away. And when the Cowboys got a bit of momentum, they just couldn't rein them in.
0: Exclusive, Adam Reynolds set to join Sharks on Monster $2.4 million deal. Uh, We kind of mentioned this earlier.
2: This gets back to what I was saying last week, though, is that the Sharks have decided what their identity is going to be. Moving forward, and I I can't believe I'm going to say it because they sh to no end, but I think they're going to be a really f- tough team to beat in about two years' time, and I think they're going to be a totally different outfit to what we're used to seeing.
1: Reynolds is a good signing. So the thing with the Sharks is um, he's
2: the best in his position in the comp.
1: Oh, I think he I think he's pretty close as well, and that's why I kept on saying the Broncos need to make him target major target or their number one halfback target at the very least, and. Um and look, I think ultimately the reason Reynolds is going to go with the Sharks is because I don't think he wants to leave Sydney. Uh, let's face it. Um, going from South Sydney to the Shire is not that far away, so it's pretty pretty close to home.
2: He wants to get a discount VIP card at Northies.
1: Oh, absolutely. Go to Northies. Um, you can go and meet up with um Todd Carney, do some bubbler action. It'll be good. Wow. Um, but no, look, it, look. If the Sharks have pulled off that sign, I mean, it's not confirmed yet. It's the reports are it's pretty much in the bag, but um, very, very good signing and he will do a very good job for them. I think he's a vastly underrated player. And yeah, I think he's, um, I think he's, I
2: think he's got the best kicking game in the comp.
1: Ah, oh, he's, he's, yeah, in terms of general play kicking, he definitely does. And he's a very handy goal kicker. I mean, he kicks around about 80%. So you take that um, if you can get it. Uh, and he can land field goals in pressure situations, which he's done um, a, a few times. He's done a, a few times this year and, and in previous years. So, He's a very good signing.
0: All right, on to our rants and uh, blowing smoke. I feel like we have a different name for that one. Uh, <laughs> smokes, you're up.
1: Blowing smoke. Yeah, look, look, I, I, I guess, and look, this leads into a lot of, you know, even a lot of what we've been talking about um, uh, this evening. Ninety percent. How much? Of Canberra East... Well, sorry. That yeah. Okay, maybe about fifty percent of what we've discussed this evening. Then ninety percent of. Rugby league stories you see on all media outlets are to do with such and such player has been targeted by someone, and so and so is coming off contract, and they're going to go for him, and yada yada yada. It's just it seems to dominate all the headlines every single week. When you know, I, I like you know, obviously we have to touch on the important ones, like we just spoke about Reynolds. That's a big deal. That one is, but um, you know, I like the fact that we come on these podcasts and we just talk about the games, which is what. What people want to hear about. Let's talk about the action on the field. Is it time that they look at the, look at some sort of transfer window, or do they need to just say, "Look, you can't you can't sign a contract until the season is over," or something like that? Like, if you want to extend your deal with your existing club, fine, you can do that at any stage. But maybe it's got to get to the point where, look, like, because at the moment the rule is once you are in the because contracts contract periods um, start and end in November of each year because that's when pre-season starts. So the, the rules at the moment are when you get to November, uh, the uh, 12 months out from the end of your contract, so November the previous, like of the previous year, you can start negotiating with other clubs. Now, I look at an example like um, a year or so back with uh, with Jai Arrow. Now, he was playing for the Gold Coast. I think in December of 2019, he signed with South Sydney, but he still had to play the 2020 season with the Gold Coast. So... The Gold Coast fans the entire season know this guy is leaving. How can that be good for anyone in that situation? How is that good for Jai Arrow? How is that good for the Titans fans? How is that good for anyone? Why not just make it a a cold-cut rule? Once the grand final ends, which is the first weekend of October, there's your transfer window. You've got one month to sort out where the frigging hell you're going. And and the argument in the past has been, oh, because players need more time to... You know, to, to sort this their affairs out. And if they're gonna be moving into state for a team, they need more time than just a month to sort it out. Well, you know what? In the real world, whenever you sign up whenever you you um, accept a job from another employer, you're there in a month. You got you, you give your four weeks notice to your existing employer and then you start your new job. So I don't know why footy players can't do it as well. And it's just it's just so upsetting for fans to have to read about their players leaving, but they are still got to watch them play for their club for the rest of the year. I mean, Tom Dearden, for example. Now, I'm glad that Kevin has dropped him to reserve Greg. So I don't want to see him playing in a Broncos jersey. He's decided to go elsewhere. I don't want to see him again. Uh, I, th- I think they've got to introduce something because I-, I hate this whole, you can sign with another club 12 months before you go there. I think it's crap.
2: No, yeah, I've got no problem with it. Oh,
1: there you go.
2: I think that rant was utterly useless. <laughs>
1: Good rebuttal. Good rebuttal. I love it. I love it. It's a lot of lot of good examples as to why it's good.
0: Okay. So back onto football and our beer bets from last week. It's very complicated. So I'm just going to say, Phantom, you're now on 21. Principal, you're now on 22. And Smokes, you're up by two. You're now on 29.
1: But I, I love the fact that when it comes to these random bets, when we're actually putting beers on the line, um, Phantom is struggling.
0: You too. You want to make any quick bets now?
1: Oh, you've got to, you've got to have one.
2: If I'm looking for a clanger, I'm going to say two people get sent off this weekend because they've they've knuckled down on it. So, yes, watch them go. Two people to be sent off.
1: I will take that bet. I'll bet so two I suppose bets. we're going to see... We've got to see if Principal's in on it. But, yeah, I'll definitely go in on that. Um, let me have a quick look here. I guess... Mm, okay. All right. My beer bet. I'm putting two beers on the line here. Penrith to suffer their first loss of the season at the hands of the Manly Sea Eagles.
2: I'll take that bet because I'm going to tip against them. So, either way, I'll win.
1: <laughs> so, that's it. You'll get get up one way. So, all right, so I've got that one now. Now the, the principal did send through his beer bet. It's a very very simple one. He just said Raiders to win. I'll take it by any margin. I'll take it. Um, yeah. I'm gonna let you have this one because you know what?
2: Rebuild See how my empire. I you
1: for a loss. to you for a loss. Maybe the Raiders might get up. So, but so I'll let you have that one.
0: Oh, thank you. All right, cool. Uh, moving on to the Dugan Report. Oh, my favourite part of the podcast. All right, so he
1: did send to a Dugan Report. It's brilliant. So I'm just going to read it word for word what he said. As the principal said, This week Dugan played a full game, but he was sh house. Probably the worst player on the field. And he's now been dumped from their side. He finally starts playing full games and the coach sees how much better it is when he only plays half a game, so he drops him. What a player. This week we will do the Dugan Report from New South Wales Cup. I think that's brilliant I, I love it I think that's the best Dugan report yet
0: On to round 8 tips Raiders versus Rabbitohs Phantom Rabbitohs Smokes, Rabbitohs Yeah I'll
1: go the Rabbits as well I'll go the Rabbits Look, It's fair to say that Principal will go Raiders He'll go the Rabbitohs as well Oh
0: yeah, that's true we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll assume that one <laughs> I also went Rabbitohs because they're the favourites Alright Storm vs Sharks Phantom Storm Smokes yeah, storm. And will get. I went storm because Melbourne's a good team. What can I say? Uh, Broncos versus Titans. Phantom. Titans. Smokes.
2: Uh, Titans. You're a dog. You're such a dog. You can't even tip your own uh, team.
1: He's probably gonna. They're probably gonna win. Not when they're playing the way they are. He, he's he's you're, thinking with his head, mate. The pride of this tipping comp is up the grabs. You're
2: such a grub. We, there's no prize for this f***ing thing.
1: I said the pride,
0: the pride, bragging rights. Exactly.
2: Well done. You you beat someone who can't tip to save their life and someone who doesn't follow football. Bonus.
0: <laughs> and
1: they're both kicking my ass at the moment. <laughs> Panthers
0: vs Eagles. Phantom.
2: Uh, sorry, uh, what what's it? Panthers, sea, sea eagles. This is my upset.
0: Sea eagles. All right, smokes. I'm tipping manly as well, based on my beer bit. Oh,
2: don't do that. This is my f***ing breakaway round. Right. You're tipping the same <laughs> as me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking panthers because... I think that their winning streak will just continue a little bit longer. That's also the bookies' favourite, yeah.
1: Because the bookies, they say.
2: You, yeah, you don't you, not, you don't think a f***ing thing. The bookies tell you what to bookies do. Bookies
0: tell me they're doing all right. I'm coming first out of us four, so I'm going to keep going.
2: This is true. That's a good point.
0: All right, Bulldogs versus Eels. Phantom. Eels. Smokes.
1: Oh, I hate the fact I keep agreeing with Phantom, but yeah, I'm on the Eels as well.
0: All right, I'm also on the eels. Uh, Knights versus roosters, phantom. I'm assuming roosters. Smokes?
1: Yeah, I'll be back in the roosters as as well.
0: I'm also on the roosters. Okay, warriors versus cowboys, phantom. Warriors. Smokes.
1: Would you stop tipping the same as me? I'm on the warriors as well.
0: Same as me. And dragons versus west tigers, phantom. Ah,
2: Ben Hunt's back.
1: That put me down for the tigers. And we finally differ. Dragons to bounce back dragons for the for the V for the for the big red V for the victory
0: I picked dragons as well okay so I will get principals tips later uh, that brings us to the end of podcast number eight farewell we'll see you next time and uh, stay classy people
1: good fun again boys and um, we've obviously got our um, our bonus episode coming up on Friday when we all get together and watch the Broncos versus Titans so that'll be fun uh, and yeah as always check us out on all the podcast channels. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. That's it. The outro. That's how we roll.
2: All right. Speak to us.